Hey guys, welcome back to the pod. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so exhausted. I can't even I can't even put it into words. I feel like it should be July and it's February. I had to think about that. I had to think about what month it was. I'm so shattered. I feel like I'm so busy with work and wedding prep and prepping for uni to start trying to keep up with social everything. I feel like you guys will relate to all of this, but it's just, yeah, it's human. Whenever I get messages from people saying, how do you do everything? I don't know how you keep up with everything. Believe me, I have my moments of just, dear God, there isn't enough sleep in the world to get me through this tired spell. I have also I think this is a major contributing factor, but I have stopped drinking coffee over the last couple of days. I'm just like trying something. I get really bloated when I drink coffee and I'm just interested to see if it actually is the coffee. So I'm just having decaf at the moment, just as like a trial and error kind of thing. I suffer from migraines and headaches I have done like my entire life. They just, they plague my existence. I have had terrible headaches the last couple of days and I think that it's because I'm not drinking coffee. I was like 100% sure that I wasn't reliant on things. Thomas and I were having a conversation about how he has a really addictive personality and I don't. But then I was thinking like, but my body does rely on certain things. Like I wouldn't say that I'm addicted to coffee. Like I just wouldn't have said that, but I have two coffees a day, like every single day without fail, but I like the act of having a coffee, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think it changes me that much. Like I'm sure it does, but I just don't notice a huge change in my like productivity or my energy levels. It just like doesn't have a huge effect on me, but I love going and getting a coffee. I love making coffee. I just love coffee, but a couple of days of not having it is an adjustment but I don't think it's going to be like a permanent thing or anything but I'm just struggling a little bit with my gut so I'm just ruling stuff out so I've just had decaf for the last couple of days so I think that potentially is having an effect on my energy levels but we live we learn we'll see anyway diving into today's episode As always, it's going to be a bundle of everything. I have been requested a billion times to talk about my everyday makeup routine and essentials. So I'm just going to rattle off the things that I've been loving and using lately and why that simple. And then I'm going to, I'm going to rate all of the Colleen Hoover books that I've read out of 10. I know that sounds so silly, but like There are so many Colleen Hoover books and every girl out there is reading them right now as they should. They're fantastic. But I feel like I've read at the very least every single like popular one. So I'm going to rate them and talk about what they're about and why I liked them or why I didn't like them. I'm obviously not going to include spoilers, guys. So feel free to read them after this. I'm trying to like recommend them. And then to wrap up, I'm just going to talk about two trends on TikTok that have just I don't know. I just love them. They've just spoken to my soul and I'm just going to talk about why. And yeah, so stay tuned, guys. All right, jumping right into it. I can't even tell you it's one of my most requested topics to talk about on the podcast and on my TikTok and I get like Instagram DMs about it. But 
I feel like I've avoided this topic because I think it's boring. And I only think it's boring because I don't switch up my makeup products a lot. I'm just not that type of girl. I get sent quite a bit of makeup like PR and I always find it really difficult to like integrate new makeup products into my daily routine because I feel like once I've found things that I love, I just stick with them and I just buy them on repeat. And that's just the way that I've always done it. So I'm happy to tell you guys what I am loving using, but I probably won't do this type of video. Video, my gosh, where is my head? I probably won't answer this question again super soon just because unless I've integrated a bunch of new products which is just not how I roll I probably won't have any updates to share but absolutely happy to talk through what I use so I'm going to start from what I do first I'm not going to dive into any like skin prep or skincare that I use because I know that I've done that in a previous episode and I haven't really changed anything of late so there wouldn't be anything different But I'll start with primer and then I'll end with what I do last, which is like lipstick. So to start, I don't even have these written down, guys. Like I'm terribly prepared today. So you're just going to have to bear with me. But I do my makeup pretty much. Well, not every day, but every day I'm like going to work or going out. I'll do my makeup. So the primer that I have used forever and I will continue to use forever is the Dermalogica Hydra Blur Primer, I want to say, or Skin Perfecting Primer. I've used both. I think the Skin Perfecting, no, that's right. The Skin Perfecting one is the one that I settled on. I've tried both and they both were good. But the reason I loved the Skin Perfecting one is it's SPF and it's pore minimizing. Well, not minimizing, but blurring, you know, and you notice an immediate difference from your primer I feel like I went through a really long period of time where I thought primers were just like I don't know one of those products that makeup companies try to sell you to convince you that you need but you really don't need them I this is the only primer that I've ever used that I've actually noticed a difference I have like oily combination skin in summer it'll be a little drier but most of the time it's on the oilier side so I do like a primer because I feel like it just has gives something for my makeup to attach to but it also just blurs my t-zone a little bit which I think stops oil production as quickly as maybe it would if I didn't wear it so the Dermalogica primer is amazing and obviously because it's Dermalogica I think it's good for your skin because it's obviously made by a skincare company rather than a makeup company. Just to flag as well, none of these products that I'm mentioning is are sponsored at all, but full disclosure, I do get Dermalogica products gifted to me and I do work with them, but not on a paid basis or do I have to say anything positive about the product whatsoever. So just anecdotally, it is absolutely my favorite primer. Then lately, I haven't been using any foundation or like BB cream or anything. My skin has been the best it's ever been. I think it's because I have been paying more attention to it than ever because of the wedding coming up and just wanting to feel and look like my best self. I've been getting more facials. I've been wearing less makeup on the day to day uh, just because I figure give your skin a break where you can. But when I do wear foundation or a BB cream, maybe if I'm going out or I'm shooting content or anything like that, I will alternate. If I want a really light coverage, I still use the Skin Tint by Skin Vice. Ride or 
die with that product. It is the perfect color and it's also formulated with really beautiful products. So it's amazing for your skin. Then if I'm using a foundation, I'm likely to use the Estee Lauder Double Wear Foundation. I mix two shades. Um, I've, I haven't been able to figure out like my exact right shade, but I do find that it's, yeah, it's double wear. Like it just doesn't move. And I love that. I hate patchy foundation. It's like one of my just icks when I put my makeup on. I've like started my makeup over if it's not sitting right. It's just gives me like I hate it when you can put your makeup on and it's like gathering in places or it's sitting poorly and you're just like, ugh, hate it. I'd rather wear no makeup. So that foundation I always find just sits perfectly on my skin and it lasts all day. I don't have to touch up anything or feel like it's faded or gotten patchy. So absolutely love that. I use a mixture of two concealers. So normally just full transparency, I will likely skip that step at the moment with the foundation or the skin tint just because I haven't been using it as much lately, just letting my skin do its thing. So normally I would go from primer to concealer. I will, I haven't been getting many spots, but as most people do, I do get redness in certain areas. Like I find that I get redness like around my nostrils. Like when I wake up in the morning, that would be an area that I might have redness. Same goes for like, you know, just having pigmentation under your eyes, very normal. So I tend to put a concealer in those spots just to like, you know, give my skin a little bit of coverage, but nothing over the top. The two concealers that I use is the Rose Ink Concealer. I think it's my favorite concealer that I've ever used. I bought it recently on a trip to Brisbane at Mecca and I didn't even realize that Rose Ink was at Mecca. So Rose Ink is Rosie Huntington Whiteley's beauty brand. I'm the biggest Rosie Huntington Whiteley fan. I just love her entire aesthetic. I love her taste. I love her fashion. Her whole general style is just an absolute vibe. So when I found out that she had a beauty brand, I was like, oh, I'll have to try that. And then it just like slipped off my radar. And then I don't know how I missed it, but I think it's been in Mecca for ages. And I just didn't, I just didn't realize or notice and hadn't seen anything about it. So when I wandered into Mecca, just strolling and I saw it, I was like, okay, I have to buy a few things. So I did buy a couple of things, one of which was the concealer. I absolutely love it. It's the most beautiful, creamy consistency, but I mix it with the Estee Lauder Double Wear Concealer under my eyes because I just find that that combination is both not only the perfect color, but gives me the perfect stay all day. Rosie's is honestly really good coverage. I just gotten into the habit of using both of them. So that's the combo that I use. And I find that it gives me for my under eyes, particularly just like the perfect amount of coverage and a really beautiful consistency. Then I will do my eyebrows. I have said this a million times too, but I use my friend Rachel's brand, Lure the Label. It's basically a refi dupe and it is so good. It's exactly the same. I'm obsessed with it. It gives you that laminated brow look without actually, I've never had my brows laminated ever. And I also dye them myself and pluck them myself. Like I don't get my eyebrows done. So it's the easiest product ever. It's like a gel. I push all my brows up and then use the styling tool on the end to push them in the direction that I want. And it stays all day and is beautiful. 
If I'm feeling like my brows, if I haven't dyed them in a little while or they're looking a little bit patchier or there are sort of some gaps that I want to fill in, this is another hot tip because it is so freaking affordable. But the brand Revolution, which is like a not an like a very inexpensive um, like Priceline, I, I think I got it in Priceline, a Priceline Chemist Warehouse brand. Revolution has like a bajillion different products and I've only ever tried two products from Revolution and both of them I have absolutely loved so I'm like maybe I should try more of this range because I don't believe that makeup has to be expensive for it to be good in fact like I know that the L'Oreal products are made in the same factories as the Chanel makeup and they're all owned by the same companies and they all produce with a lot of the same materials so I don't know where it was ever written down that expensive and high-end makeup is better it's absolutely not I think half the time it's an absolute rot and a money-making machine there is only a handful of high-end makeup products that I've loved all the rest have been absolutely affordable I would say that the revolution products that I've loved is the brow pencil it's not like a pencil it comes in like a tube looking thing like a really thin tube with a spoolie on one end and sort of a thicker it's like an Anastasia Beverly Hills dupe and it's just like a like a brow stick I guess and I just fill it in I get the medium brown I think um so not too dark but not too light and it just fills in those gaps I don't use that every day I'll often just use the lure um brow stick but if I want a little bit more coverage on my brows I will use that then I use for for like, I don't, I wouldn't say I contour per se, like I've just got a round puffy face. So no amount of contour is going to give me that like Angelina Jolie sculpted look. <laughs> like my face is just not built for it. And I have absolutely given up trying and I'm just embracing the puffy cheeks and calling it a day. So I use the Nude Sticks bronzer. I do use it like at the top, top, top of my cheekbone, like borderline, like near my temples just running along that line every time I try and contour my chin like underneath my jawline I always find that I can't seem to make that look seamless it always leaves a bit of a cakey like muddy line so I've completely skipped doing that step now I don't even like if I have a double chin on some angles that's life so I just use the nude sticks bronzer on my like upper cheekbone on my temples and around my forehead I feel like that gives me the perfect combination of like bronzer and contour vibe without needing like a million products or anything like that so that is all I use I do have a Astralis which is also a super affordable bronzer that I've had in my drawer forever where because everything I'm pretty much listing is like a cream based product if I want to use a powder based product they have like a smells like chocolate bronzer and I just find that that's the perfect like matte chocolatey bronzer um and I love that but on honestly like in summer I'm not picking a lot of powdered products apart from my actual powder so I lean towards the nude sticks bronzer then for my blush I use the another rose ink product and I remember the name of the shade because it was so funny it's heliotrope which I just loved I thought it was such a dope name for a product so I used the rose ink blush in heliotrope and I love the color perfect consistency blush is just I feel like 
it's everyone's favorite beauty product at the moment. So just if you're looking for a new blush, the rose ink one is a must buy. I apply all of these products with a Morphe flat top brush. Um, but I apply my concealer with my fingers. I just find that it blends out the best. And I think like the warmth, the warmth of the tips of your fingers just blends out the concealer better than any brush that I have. I also have a short Real Techniques brush if I'm using a foundation or a BB cream that I want to buff in a little bit more. Then moving on, what is my next step? I use a really cheap Rimmel um, long wear black eyeliner. I tend to use that and smudge it out a little bit. I'm not big on eye shadow eye products mainly because I suck at it. So I've tried, like, believe me, I have tried. I just am not good at eyeshadow. I'm not good at blending it out. I'm not good at making it look cool. So I just kind of gave up. Um, but I do tend to just use my bronzer on my eyeshadow on like a day to day and that's about it. But I use a Rimmel eyeliner. I also have a like a small mini size just because I wasn't sure if I was going to like it and I rarely use it. But if I'm doing like a really crisp wing line, I use a Huda Beauty uh, water, like a um, wing liner. So that's probably a rare occurrence for me. I would say I use that like once a month, but I do like that if I want a more crisp, thick, dark wing rather than the Rimmel one. Then the mascara that I've been using, I got in a PR package and I'm obsessed with it. It's by Loz Curtis. It's called Lounge Face. Um, it's an amazing mascara. I highly recommend it if you want long, thick, um, separated is a big thing for me. I don't like um, clumped lashes. I just don't like that look. So that separates all your lashes really easily. And I absolutely love the look it gives you. Then what is next for me? I've... I'm not like a big powder girl, like, but I do have oilier skin. So I feel like I don't always have the option, but I just use the Stay Matte by, I want to say it's Rimmel. The Rimmel Stay Matte is kind of a, like a cult favorite, but I also have the Becca Loose Powder, which is much more expensive. And I feel like it's not as good. So again, with the advocating for cheaper makeup brands, but I'm a big fan of the Rimmel Stay Matte. I've been using it since high school and I'll probably continue to use it. Then jumping on to highlighter, I use the Mecca Cosmetics like home brand highlighter. It is the powdered one. It comes in sort of a rose gold compact. Love that. I feel like I've had it for ages and I haven't even hit pan yet. I feel like with highlighters, you get lucky. I do really want to try the Hourglass Ambient Light Palette. I think it's the 2.01. I'm probably going to buy it on the weekend just because I've, I always sit on purchases, guys. Like I'm not one to rush out and grab things. Um, particularly if they're like a more high-end purchase, I'll just like really decide if I need it, but I've been thinking about it for too long. So I think I'm going to go buy it. Then jumping into lips, lips are like my favorite part of my beauty routine. I think for ages, I've always loved it when I was in high school and like a little bit after when like getting lip filler was always a thing. I've had so many people ask me like, where do you get your lips done? And I truthfully hand on heart, swear to God, I've never had my lips done. I've just always had 
bigger-ish lips, but when I was little, it wasn't so cute because it looked disproportionate. But then when I got older, it became trendy and we love it. But I still love a good overline even despite that. So I use the Huda Beauty Lip Contour Lip Liner. I'm obsessed with it. I think I've got it in the shade Muted Pink. It could be Pinky Brown. I tried both on. I Actually, I think it's Pinky Brown from memory. And it gives you like the perfect shaped lip and it gives you a nice natural overline but makes everything look just I don't know pouty it's just yeah it's my favorite lip liner but to wrap this segment up I've been talking for 20 minutes about makeup so there's that um (laughs) the last product I use is a product I've literally I get shit for this but I've literally used it since high school is the Rimmel uh matte lipstick in the shade Devotion Please don't sell it out, guys. I've been living off that lipstick since I was about 16 and I will continue to do so. I've tried so many other lipsticks. I've tried them all and I always end up going back to my favorite, which is the Rimmel Matte in Devotion. So I get a lot of questions about what lip color I'm wearing and it never changes, guys. So if you think it's changed, it hasn't. It's probably just different lighting or a different look. So it looks different. It's always that lip color every single time. (laughs) Okay, jumping into the next segment, I'm going to have to speed through these next two because I chatted way too long about my makeup routine, (laughs) which surprises me. But anyway, I am just going to sort of rate and talk through my favorite popular Colleen Hoover books. When I say popular, I mean... I buy like all of the Colleen Hoover books that I've read, I buy on Amazon. So I just tend to like, I, when I started reading her books, I just typed it in and these are the ones that come up first, but I have read a couple of her more obscure ones, meaning like the ones that other people aren't really talking about. And they weren't my favorite. So I think there's probably a reason that they're not like quite as popular. They're a little bit cheesier. So I think these are my favorite ones. And I'm just going to talk about why and what I rated out of 10. So I'm going also just like to like preface this segment. I love to read. I've always loved to read. I'm not um, fussy in terms of genre, but I do love reading fiction more than I ever have just because I find it an amazing way to escape like of an evening. It's just so nice to like dive into a, you know, a really cute book and Colleen Hoover really ticks those boxes. And I don't like people like with, you know, literature and they're like elitist about it. There's no shame in enjoying a cheesy, smutty love novel by Colleen Hoover. Like don't let anyone shame you into thinking that you should be reading something more, you know, fancy or complicated or cerebral because it's nonsense. So These are obviously I've read all of these and I'm sure there are more, but I'm just going to limit it to these ones. So the most popular obviously being It Ends With Us. If you haven't heard, they have announced the cast and I have mixed feelings, but I think I've landed on the fact that I love the actors, but they're not who I would have picked for the roles. So I'm just fascinated to see how they take on Lily and Ryle because I feel like now everyone's so attached to these characters that I almost feel bad for whoever was going to play them because I feel like it's never going to live up to it. But I I am a big Blake Lively fan, so I'm sure she'll knock it out of the park, but it's just not who I had in my head. But anyway, 
moving on back to the book i loved it ends with us i couldn't put it down sorry i think i read it in like two days i absolutely loved it i was up to like midnight reading it i thought it was like so addictive i think it does deal with like some hard topics obviously like it does deal with domestic violence and i think that a lot of people have like a complicated relationship with romanticizing it i don't actually think the book does that at all i think a lot of people could potentially relate to this plot line and giving people chances who are abusive i think having people's voices heard is important and i think that this is not an uncommon story for people to go through it's not something I have experience with, but I am 100% sure that there'll be girls out there and women reading this that relate to what she's going through. So I don't think it romanticizes it. I just think it is another platform to talk about like a very real thing that happens in people's lives. So I don't really agree with that line of commentary that is surrounding these books. But I loved It Ends With Us. I would definitely on the Colleen Hoover rating scale give it like a 9 out of 10 because it it was really, really good. However, It Starts With Us is the prequel that came out long after It Ends With Us and I read that one as well. I didn't love it. (laughs) I was, I think, like to be fair, I was expecting so much. Like I'm not going to spoil the book, but it just didn't hit the mark for me. Like I wanted so much more from it. It just felt like nothing really happened. I know that sounds silly. Like how can you read a whole book and nothing really happens? But like, I just like nothing really happened in my opinion. (laughs) And I sort of feel like that was the general consensus. Like I've heard other people talk about this book and it just sort of feels like, yeah, like nothing that much exciting really took place. But I do think if you're going to read the books, like you should read it. You know what I mean? Like, I just think if you're going to read it ends with us, like you may as well read it starts with us. And I'm sure that there are people out there who love it and think it's great. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't read it. I think you probably should just for like continuity of the story, if nothing else. And then the next book that I've got here is Verity. Now, Verity was so hyped. Like I knew that Verity was a little bit different for her as well. Like it sort of splits between thriller and romance. And I love that. So I was like, I'm going to love Verity. And I totally did. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was one of her best. I think another, like it was another one that I really, like I couldn't put it down. Like I binged it. I think you know what it's really hard to talk about this book because everything would be a spoiler so i'm gonna leave it there highly recommend it i would also give that one a nine. Oh, i forgot to rate it starts with us i'm giving it starts with us like a three and i'm giving that's so harsh but anyway i'm giving it a three and i'm giving verity a nine as well so it ends with us nine it starts with us three verity another nine okay the next one is ugly love there was something about this book that just had me from the jump. I think it involves a pilot and like a guy who's like in pilot school and like Top Gun Maverick just came out. And I was like, oh, yes, like that is hitting the mark for me right now. And it's a bit of like a forbidden love kind of book, like, you know, two people that like shouldn't be into each other and kind of are. And I don't know, it just like did all the feels like I just loved it. I thought it was so good. It's really smutty. It's like 
it's cute. It's like, it's everything you wanted it to be. <laughs> like, it's really, really good like that. And it does have like a couple of, you know, little plot twists and it, it kept me interested. But it doesn't have like the cleverness that like Verity has. And it doesn't have kind of the, like, it feels less real than maybe It Ends With Us could be. So I feel like maybe I'd give that like an eight. But I still really loved it. It's definitely like in my top three. So Ugly Love, I would give an eight, but I very much recommend that one. Then the other ones that I read are All Your Perfects, which I had to really think about what this one was about when I was like writing my list of books I wanted to talk about. I was like, I can't really remember what it was about. And I know that sounds bad because I know I liked it at the time, but it's basically about like a married couple and all of the ups and downs that marriage can have and in that way like maybe that's why I don't remember it because it's such a common topic that could be written about but I do remember really enjoying it like it was a very very easy read and it had a lot of like very real again kind of like it ends with us I'm, I'm fairly sure like a trigger warning I, I believe it touches on like infertility and some issues around that and I think that there's a lot of quite real issues so if in that way I quite like that like I like it when it has like a thread of reality so all your perfects I would also give maybe like a seven I feel like I'm a harsh judge I feel like a seven (laughs) um and same goes for the next one which is reminders of him that's another popular one I think that also had like an edgy serve to it like the main character like went to prison and has a four-year-old daughter and wants to like reunite with her and there's like a romantic element to it as well I thought it was like a little bit far-fetched but it kept me interested so I would probably give that a seven as well then November 9 look I liked it but it was so far-fetched. <laughs> like it was a bit silly. Like there were, you, as you're reading it, you're a bit just like, this would, this would never dang happen. But there was something about it that was also really good and smutty and, you know, very sweet and nice in that way. It's, I can't really talk about this one either because I feel like any aspect of the plot kind of spoils it, but I recommend that one. I'd give that one a seven as well. I feel like it's, it's a good read. It's an easy read. It's definitely not up there with my favorites. The plot line's a little bit far-fetched, but apart from that, then the last one that I'm going to review is Confess. I read this one the most recently. This one was probably the hardest one for me to get into. I felt like it was just a hard, like the first couple of chapters, like didn't grip me as much as the other books, but ended up really, really enjoying the concept of it as the book went on. So I felt like this one was a little bit more of a slow burn for me, but I really liked it. So I'd probably give that one like an eight. So all in all, actually, I'm not a hard judge at all. Apart from it starts with us, which was a three, everything else got seven or above. So I'm a Colleen Hoover fan and don't let anyone tell you not to be one because they're really popular and basic. I highly recommend if you haven't read any of those to go and grab one and just bite the bullet because they really are a very easy and enjoyable way to end your day. Okay, this is going to be a super quick way to end the podcast, but it's just like two TikTok trends or like trendy topics being discussed on TikTok that just like warm my heart a little bit. There's something if you're not on TikTok or you haven't seen these, I'm surprised because they have kind of 
been quite popular, but one is lucky girl syndrome, which I know sounds so silly, but it's probably one of the healthiest, like endearing TikTok trends that I've seen, which basically is all about kind of, it's just about like trusting the process to be more like to really break it down. It's all these girls like talking about how, you know, rejection is like redirection. And I really wholeheartedly believe that like talking about how, even when things in life aren't going the way that you want them to, or you're just like struggling a little bit, you might feel a little bit lost, or there could have actually have been something bad happened to you. That's really shaken you or something like that, or things are just a little bit stale. Like it's just about blocking out that noise and feeling like, everything will work out for me. Like no matter what happens, no matter what's going on in my life right now, no matter where I'm at in my journey, my life will work out. Everything that I want to happen will happen. It's like a fine line between like being like really like, I guess it's probably a little bit delusional to be like so optimistic, but in many other ways, I, I actually feel like it's a really healthy way of viewing things because it's really easy to get caught up in like a negative thing that might happen to you or something that makes you feel like you've been set off your course. But I just think it's so, it's like a really nice feeling to just know and just have that positive self-talk of like, no matter what happens, no matter what rejection I face, no matter what shift in my life has happened, like I'm lucky. I'm a lucky girl. Everything that's meant for me will come to me. And no matter how many hiccups I have on the road, like I'm on my journey, like I'm meant to have them. So if you haven't seen that trend, look up lucky girl syndrome on TikTok. It's just like, it's really sweet. And it totally puts you like in a good mood about life and like, you know, manifesting and blocking out the negativity. The other one is maybe slightly more niche and maybe it's just popping up on my TikTok because they know me and the algorithm is just like in my soul. But the academic validation girlies have been like popping off on my For You page, which is basically all the girls who tie all all their self-worth up into a little ball and then attach it to their academic achievements, which is actually kind of toxic and fucked up. But in many ways, I think a, a lot of us will relate to that. And I think if you're listening to this podcast, we probably have a lot of things in common and we enjoy a lot of the same stuff. And I think that that is something that I definitely have done in my life is tying a little bit too much of my self-worth and, you know, productivity to my academic achievements. And that's okay. Like there are worse things to tie your self-worth to. There's worse things to like place value in, I guess that you do, but oh my God, like half of them are really funny talking about like how hilarious it is to do that and how toxic it can be. And like, you know, all the negatives, which I relate to, but also all the other stuff, which is like so much study motivation and going into my last semester of uni, like I need all the study motivation I can get now that I can see that massive light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I love that little trend, like the academic validation girlies. I'm loving it. So if you need a little bit of study motivation or a bit of a laugh about how difficult study can be, look that hashtag up because I know that there will be a lot of posts. Okay, that wraps up the pod for this week, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I love chatting with you in my DMs on TikTok, on Instagram, wherever you want to reach out. 
and as always go to the kindest regards pod to keep up with episodes and anything else along those lines i will chat to you guys next week and i hope you all have a fantastic rest of this week